A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Today, I want to talk about something that's around us all the time, whether we like it or not, and that's change. And to engage in that conversation of change is a lady from Australia, a lady by the name of Cheryl Peel. Cheryl's been with us before on, on an episode, and I think it's fair to say that Cheryl is a change expert, and she has what she terms the, the seven C's of conscious change. So without further ado, Cheryl, a very, very warm welcome to you. Hello. It is so good to talk to you again today, Paul, and hello to your listeners. It is lovely to be spending time with you. So change, Cheryl, change. I mean, it's a simple six-letter word, but boy, isn't the implications of that one word, those six letters, I mean, it's, it just literally, literally influences our lives. Every single one of us, doesn't it? I mean, where do we even start with this? It is so true, Paul. It seems like a simple word. However, there is so much attached to it that we attach frequently ourselves to the concept of change. When we think about it, change is one of the few constants that is in our life at any point. One of the only things that we are guaranteed in this life is that something is going to change. And it's how we respond to that rather than react that helps to guide us in the future that we look to create. And at the risk of making a sweeping statement, listeners, Cheryl, is it true that we as humans generally, we don't like change, do we? It is fascinating, isn't it, that for something that happens to us all the time in every aspect of our life, that frequently it is in the human condition that we are resistant to change. There, there are, if you look at a population spread, people who are incredibly resistant to change, people who are, are somewhat resistant to change, and then there are the people who passionately embrace change. And within the, within the context of markets and how people live lives, they are what, uh, what are known as early adopters and they are acknowledged as being a fairly rare breed. It would be good, and I am passionate about helping other people to be more comfortable with their change journey so that change becomes something that is just another part of their lives that they cope with and more than cope with, champion. Mm. And I suppose, Cheryl, that's about us taking control of the process, isn't it, rather than just being a victim to change and say, well, you know, why does this always happen to me? Well, the fact that it's raining today, it isn't just happening to you. It might be coincidental in a world of no coincidence, listeners, that you booked a holiday or, you you know, you booked time off work or whatever and you was hoping the sun would shine. But actually, 
it's that changes all around and it's happening to everybody. It's how we embrace it, isn't it? And so rather than, you know, just let change happen to us, maybe the solution is to let change happen through us. Would you agree with that, Cheryl? I definitely do. There, there are two ways really about how we can choose to look at life and that is, and to experience life indeed. And that is to be at cause or to be in effect. Someone who's living their life in effect believes that the world happens to them, as you say, that, that it's, there's nothing that they can do about anything and that it is not their fault. And that is living your life in, in frequently a, a victim mentality. And I'd love to, to really emphasise that that doesn't necessarily mean that you're saying, woe is me and the world is against me. It can sometimes be that level of resistance where you think, I, I, don't, I don't want that. Why, why does that happen to me? I'm, I'm not happy about that. I, I choose not to participate. So there are, there are gradations shall we say, within that context of, of living your life at effect. However, as you identified, the most powerful thing that we can do for, for ourselves is to live our life at cause. And that is to say, this change event happened, it is what it is. And I may initially have an emotional response to it. However, what I choose to do after that is about my conscious choice about how I'm going to interact with myself, the world, and this change event. Interesting two words there, Cheryl. Emotional response. Is it okay for us? Is it you know? Is it healthy for us to have that? You said that emotional response because there's that much stuff you know out there, isn't there? You know, almost telling you, dictating you how to you, to how to fix yourself. And, you know, certainly from a lot of stuff that I've seen, it's like, hmm, it's disdained, you know, around, oh, you know, don't have this, take control of your emotions and, and don't let things overwhelm you and all this kind of stuff. So interesting words. What's, what's your thoughts, Cheryl, around that, those two words, emotional response? This is something that for me is critical in how, we look at and experience change. And there's two levels to that. And I'd like to, I'd like to clarify my words as well. I used the term emotional response. I would prefer to use the term emotional reaction. And the reason I say that is because often our first instinctive reaction to hearing news is that emotional reaction. And there is almost nothing that you can do about that first instinctive, almost autonomic response. And it is entirely natural to have that. Let me be very clear. It is entirely natural to have that response. And it may be a, a response of fear or denial or pain or grief, depending on what that change is that, that you've heard about. However, that is entirely different and separate to your conscious choice to respond 
to that change. So there is reaction and there is response. Within the greater context of, of how you hear and experience a change event, yes, there, there is a voice and there's a large voice that says, take control, do it now. You have to get through it. And in some cases, that is entirely accurate. If, for example, you are serving your country in the military and you are in a situation where you are under attack, you may have an emotional response, but you need to sublimate that and push it down in order to get through and achieve what you need to achieve in the same way that perhaps a new nurse on the wards or a new doctor on the wards who goes into a hospital who is helping with a situation where someone's come in in emergency or there's an emergency on the wards and they're experiencing and participating in, in a situation where they need to respond quickly and professionally in order to save someone's life or to address a situation. Again, they may be scared, they may be afraid, they may, there may be lots of blood and, and they're not used to that if they're a new nurse or a new doctor. And yet they have that reaction and then they need to choose to respond. So there are situations where you may be required to sublimate that initial reaction and then respond. However, there is in the greatest sense a change curve similar to the Kubler-Ross grief curve and that is something that we all experience and that is a, a curve that goes through things such as denial and regret and anger and pain and then you go down into the bottom of it and then there's hopelessness and then you choose to move forward and move through that journey and you start to go into something that's like listlessness and then you choose to become more active and you get into hope and determination and positivity. And each one of those emotions that, that you go through on your change journey is a legitimate emotion. You are absolutely entitled to experience it. It's the extent to which you experience and engage with it, however, and the length of time that you go through that journey, which will vary for each change event and for each person. So it's an incredibly individual thing, although the stages that you go through are fairly universal. Mm. One of the things that, that as, as a change coach who supports strong people who are challenged by change, that I often encounter is people will, one of my clients will have experienced a massive change event. It could have been they were made redundant or they were diagnosed with an illness or they've lost, they've lost a loved one, any number of things. And they will have finally come up against something that they're feeling a bit stopped at more than they can normally handle. And they may reach out um, to people around them and say, I, this is hard, I, I can't do this, I am challenged. And often the result, the response that comes back is, oh, you're strong, you'll be fine. And that is, that's often said from a place of love and we often recognise that it's said from a place of love. However, that can negate 
or minimise the experience of, of the change process that the person is currently going through. And often the internal response will be, well, yes, I am strong and, yes, I will be okay, but I'm just as human as you. Please allow me the same right to have an emotional response and go through this journey to get to the other side. We are not automatons. And so emotion is always going to be a part of our lives. It is the context in which we experience those emotions within, the, within that change event. Because there's so much, um, what's the word, conditioning, isn't there? I mean, particularly towards, and I'm not going to say masculine energy, I'm going to say boys, but we're, we're conditioned from a very early age with that, that, that adage, that cliche, call it what you will, big boys don't cry, just get on with it. And so you're almost stifled and, you know, we're, we're taught, aren't we, from an early age not to, um, not to show that emotion. And for me, Cheryl, that's, that's a bit like having a pebble in your shoe. It's going to go somewhere and it's going to cause pain. And so I totally challenge that on a very personal level. And I speak from decades of hard-nosed experience, listeners here, as you know, that, you know, that emotional release, reaction, call it what you will, irrespective of whether you're male, female, in masculine energy, in feminine energy, kind of totally irrelevant because as Cheryl quite rightly says, first and foremost, we are humans and we have a system within us. And you know, there are varying degrees of that because we are we are unique, you know, in micro levels, in my humble opinion. Um, but essentially, you know, that reaction, call it what you will, that's got to be dealt with. And I think just to kind of bring this to a head, Cheryl, that I created a meme once and it had got a um, like this, this image of a boxer with his hands held high, uh, as you know, victorious. And the, the meme basically encapsulated what we're talking around here. It's life's champions emerge because they learn to let go of the pain from the past, but not the lessons learned. Kind of sums up what we've been talking about, does it? Very much so. Very much so. It is about it is about recognizing that we are having this human experience about what we can control, what we cannot control, and how we are going to interact with the world given that situation. And one of the best things that we can do at any point is to learn and grow. And to take to move back into your earlier comment about you know boys don't cry, big boys don't cry, and, and the whole concept of having a stiff upper lip, it is precisely that mentality or that condition that cultural conditioning that has resulted in in one one of the services that I provide, which is confidential conversations with high net worth clients who are typically men, because within the context, perhaps you would agree, Paul, that traditionally the business, a business person, an entrepreneur, someone who is working in large organisations, G suite, C suite, and, and on their way up to those, considers that a very competitive environment. And when you're in a competitive environment, 
that drive will often isolate people. There are very few people that you can talk to about that experience and particularly your emotions around an experience when you are working within high-pressure positions. And as much as... Sorry, go. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just... Um, yeah, I mean, I think this particular thread share or blimey and we, we could spend well, we could spend days on this alone but I just want to bring you back if I may to this a word you've used already a few times um, and maybe this is a good opportunity to start to go back to uh, the start of the title the seven C's of conscious changing and particularly focusing on the first one Cheryl which is to say something that you've already mentioned one or two two times already do you want to give us an intro into what that first C is I would love to. I would you prefer to hear what each C is, or shall I just tell you about the first one and leave you in suspense for the rest? Well, this is a chance for my uh, humour, listeners, which usually falls right flat on its face. Cheryl, don't keep us in suspenders. Give us the seven C's, and then. Just give us a whistle stop on what those seven are and then we'll come back and we'll have a little bit of a mini deep dive on the first one, if that's okay. That is totally okay. So the first C of the seven Cs is choose. And choose is incredibly important because it's something that we do so many times in a day, consciously or unconsciously. We make choices about um, what we're going to make a priority in our day, how we're going to approach a situation, who we're going to be at any specific time. And when we encounter a major change event, it becomes the very conscious choice after you have had that emotional reaction of how you are going to respond to that choice, to that challenge. And within that context, choose is about you saying, I choose to be responsible for this event, I choose to create and participate in the creation of my solution or my strategy moving forward to manage in the best way I can this change event, this process. So it is about saying on just the most basic fundamental personal level that I choose to engage, I choose to be at cause, I choose to impact what's going to happen to me as a result of this change. Okay, so that's the first one. What's the second C, Cheryl? The second C is communicate. And okay. communicate is incredibly important on a number of levels. And just briefly, communicate includes your own personal self-talk, how you are communicating with yourself about this, the positive languaging internally, of your experience. It's also about identifying who needs to know about this change event and communicating that to them. So it is about engaging others, sharing this experience and making people aware. If we were talking in terms of business, it would be identifying your stakeholders and interested parties. When it's on a personal level, it's identifying who's impacted, who needs to know and what they need to know. Self-talk, wow. That is so, so massive in our world. 
isn't it, Cheryl, listeners? It's just, I mean, for me personally, when I hear those two words, Cheryl, I just, you know, you've got my attention because I know firsthand, and I'm sure, you know, to very degrees, listeners, that you understand and, and know or have experienced the, the power of that, that voice inside our head that tells us to do something. That, you know, we're kind of back to that emotionally driven thing. You know, do you know, Paul, you've got to do that. You know, and the ego gets fed and, you know, you're not going to let him or her talk to you like that, are you? You're not going to let him or her pinch that parking space, are you? Paul, you know, you, you was told to be a man, stand up for yourself. And all this chatter and this noise and this stuff that goes off in our heads and this, you know, to go back to that phrase, Cheryl, emotional response or emotional reaction, that's massive for me, massive. It really is. And it is something that we can be very unconscious about until we pull ourselves up and, and we recognise how it is that we're speaking to ourselves. One of the other challenges that, that we can cause to ourselves is that that spiralling ne negative self-talk when, when you say, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, I don't know how, I'm afraid, so-and-so is better. Mm. It's all too hard. Absolutely. And it, it is that internal self-talk where, where when we hear that, when we recognise that that's what we are saying to ourselves, that we become self-aware enough and passionate about our self-worth enough to say, wait, let me reframe that. Let me say that in a different way. I have a challenge. I have an opportunity. I can learn and grow because mm -hmm. we can at every point. The, and please let me be clear. We all have those little responses, as you have said, that parking space, did that person cut me off? We all have those responses and it is okay to have it initially but once we recognize that we've had it then it's up to us to say wait that happened that was my initial reaction however I choose to respond in this way I choose to let that person go I choose to to be more present and more positive than that small voice that would would make you for want of a better word, smaller, it would diminish you. And one of the things, listeners, just picking up on what Cheryl said there is the way um, that I personally manage that situation, because it is a management situation. I spend as much time and space as I can within this concept of me being the sky. I'm like a sky. So I hold that space for stuff that comes and goes. And it's inevitable that as within the sky, big black clouds will come full of rain and full of snow and all this stuff that, um, you know, is generally deemed more uncomfortable. You know, the cold snow, maybe our younger, at the risk of stereotyping, maybe our younger listeners might say, well, yeah, but I love snow. It's great. <laughs> so, but, you know, that dark cloud, that dark cloud that, you know, that hovers in the sky, and also the sunshine that's in the sky. So both will come and both will go. But the thing that remains constant 
is as as the sky. And that's Cheryl how I and I'll use the word again manage those kind of real human experiences and you know it's it's okay having a conversation a philosophical conversation like this but when somebody has cut you up or done something really challenging that reaction of that anger that frustration and that's why i think it's absolutely critical to let that emotional pressure out within a controlled way rather than Right, okay, he or she's cut me up, so I'm going to get them a gun out of the boot and I'm going to shoot them. A bit extreme, but I'm sure you get the point. So moving on, Cheryl, to the third C. Certainly. The third C is create. By this stage of the seven Cs of conscious change, you've chosen to be a conscious participant in your change process. You've reflected on your communication and your self-talk and how you're going to language the change both internally and externally. And now it's time to create that action plan. Now within Create, you research, you gain knowledge, you make choices about what, how, when and who are part of your solution. You get that clarity, you create your way forward. That is about Create. It is, and that that solution your way forward can be on a tissue it can be on a napkin it can be on a spreadsheet with a gantt chart it can be whatever you need it to be as long as it gives you clarity as long as you have identified what it is that needs to be done who needs to be involved and how you're going to go about it when it needs to be delivered by or achieved by that is create and the fourth one? The fourth one is to commit. You have created, you've consciously chosen, but if you can't commit to action, you'll never create that future that you've planned. So commit is where we go back in again and we are checking in with ourselves and our mindset about how we are going to approach this and that we are going to approach it. This is when we leap off the edge of that cliff where we take that step of faith and say, I am doing this, and then you do it. It is not enough to simply choose at the beginning to make the change. You need to choose again and again. You need to commit to creating that change that you want to achieve. Number five. Now it's time to check in. You have created that solution. You have committed to implementing it and you have started to do it. However, it can take a long time depending on what it is that you're doing. It can be, it can, it could take minutes, but it might take days, weeks, months, or years to achieve whatever this change process is. And so it is incredibly important to continue to check in because the reality is that things can and do shift in the process of implementing a solution, whatever that is. And that's why it's really important to check in with your plan, your people, anything else that you've identified as being impacted. This is where you might uh, adjust your tasks in order to achieve that outcome that you were looking for. 
Okay, so as we start to complete the seven C's, Cheryl, what's number six? Funny, you should mention that. Number six. <laughs> Contrary to what many people may assume, number six is complete. And that is where you have come to the end of your change process, your whatever it was that you have planned to manage that change journey, you have come to the end of it because each process has a beginning, a middle and an end. With a clear and finite structure of an end, it's really important for us to have that psychologically, to have that physical and measurable completion. Look at me trying to get two words out at once. I'm so excited to talk about it. So <laughs> this is where your door can metaphorically be closed on whatever the, that process was and you can focus on what comes next. So from um, these processes, as, you know, these kind of things, I shouldn't say these kind of things, but when we work through stages, Cheryl, normally when we get to the end, there's some kind of celebration, isn't it? So what's the final one? What's the final of the seven C's? The seventh C is exactly that. It is to celebrate. It is time to recognise how far you've come and what it took for you to get there. You moved from re reacting emotionally to a shock, a change event, to consciously choosing to participate in that event and take as much control of it as you can. You chose to communicate and identify who needed to, to be advised and to talk to yourself in a way that is positive and respectful so that you can get through this journey honouring yourself and the other people involved. You chose to create a strategy, a way forward. Then you committed to that strategy. And once you committed, you kept going and you kept checking in to see how you were achieving. Then you actually completed that process. And that completion, that journey from a reaction to that change, an emotional reaction and shock to completing your change journey deserves to be celebrated. Too often we say, well, that's done. Oh my goodness, that was so much. And and but but it's there next. Take the time to reward yourself to acknowledge yourself and the growth that you have been through and to acknowledge the other people who have been impacted in your life and then move forward. Celebrate those wins. Mm. You deserve it. Well, so there you have it, listeners. The seven C's of conscious change. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to invite Cheryl now to share her contact details, you know, how you can get in touch with her, find out more about her absolutely life-changing work or invaluable work. So, Cheryl, what is the best way that people can reach out to you? The best way people can reach out to me is through two ways. LinkedIn, Cheryl Peel, C-H-E-R-Y-L-P-E-E-L -E -E on LinkedIn. You'll find me in the very colourful outfit. It's hard to miss. And the other way that you can find me is through my website, which is theconsciouschangecollective.org and I will spare you trying to spell it out over, over the airwaves but I hope that there's a, 
possibility to put a link in in the podcast notes. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Wonderful. Because it's a long name for a website, but it is it is exactly what my collective is about, creating conscious change. And that's that is indeed our tagline, conscious change, conscious choice. Superb. So what I'd like to do, Cheryl, is, you know, obviously you've given us that broad overview of the seven C's. And we, we dived in quite a little bit on the first one, um, you know, the, the choosing the choice. But I'd like to invite you back and almost create a little bit of a mini series out of this for our listeners so we can dive a bit deeper, you know, on the communicate, on the create, on the commit, on the check-in, on the complete, and finally on the celebrate. So, yeah, thank you so much, Cheryl, for that. And listeners, I hope that uh, you found this this conversation, this dance between Cheryl and I, um, I hope it's made a little bit of a change in your world. Cheryl, in 30 seconds, what's the final piece of life-changing advice you're going to leave us with? We are all human. We are all here having a human experience. Emotions are something that happen to us that we experience. It is something that we react to. However, once we have that immediate reaction, it is up to us how we consciously choose to respond. And I know that you can do amazing things when you make a conscious choice. And on that very, very positive note, listeners, all that remains now is for me to say, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?